continuing our journey through Hebrews 11. And I just ask God that you would speak to us this morning through your word. Who's ready to get into the word this morning? Who's ready to let the word get into you this morning? Amen. You ready to let the word get into you today? I'm ready to, to, to let this word get into each one of us this morning. We are, of course, in Hebrews chapter 11. That's where we're going to start. Then we're going to turn back into the book of Joshua this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. We've been talking about faith. Faith is obedience. Faith is an obedience thing. It's a substance evidence thing. We've talked about that a lot, especially at the beginning of this series. We talked a lot about substance and evidence. We're going to be reminded again this morning, today, that if you have substance of faith, it will be evident, right? There will be an evidence of faith. Again, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says in the, in the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible says this, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Verse 6 says, now without faith, it's impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I love the way the uh, message translates this verse. We read it weeks ago when we began this series. But the message translation says the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. So this morning, this is going to bring us to another faith encounter. Faith is about obedience, right? So this morning, the story of Jericho is actually a story of obediences. It's a story of obediences. The writer of Hebrews, and uh, the writer of Hebrews wants us to see that the story of Jericho is a story of obedience in two parts, right? It's a story of obediences. It's a story of obedience in two parts. It says this in, in Hebrews 11, 30, and then in verse 31, we're going to see this two parts. It's, it's the victory and it's the rescue. Verse 11, 30, uh, Hebrews eleven thirty 30 says this, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around the, by the Israelites for seven days. Verse 31 says, By faith Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. So it's a story of obediences. It's a story of, of, of by faith a victory and a story of by faith a rescue. Obediences led to victory. Obedience led to rescue. Now faith is active belief. Faith is active belief. Matthew chapter 17 verse 20 says this. Because of your little faith, he told them, for truly, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Y'all heard that verse read before, right? You've heard that verse. You've read that verse. Faith is active belief. That word translated as little faith there is the Greek word apista, pronounced apista, and it literally means unbelieving. It doesn't just mean little faith. 
It actually means unbelieving. Jesus is saying because you don't believe, you aren't seeing the evidences of faith. You will only see the evidences of faith if you believe. You aren't seeing spiritual results because you don't believe. You aren't seeing God open doors because you don't believe. Now, now please, 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 please hear me. I'm not saying that we can simply manifest blessings um, or a husband or a new car. That's the thing, right? You hear people say, well, I, I manifested that. That's like, it's, 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 that word has even become part of pop culture, and it's become, become part of, of, of pop culture lingo and jargon. I'm just going to manifest it. That's crazy. We, we, we're going to believe God to do what God has promised he would do. I'm not going to manifest anything. God's going to do what God has said God's going to do. I'm not, I'm not talking about, about this kind of manifesting, right? We're, we're talking about living and walking as, as kingdom people. We're not talking about living and walking like Bruno Mars. We're, we're talking about living and walking as, as people of faith in a fallen world. We're talking about living as kingdom citizens in enemy territories. We're living by faith is about obedience and surrender to God. It is not about manifesting your best life now. Anybody hear that? Walking by faith is about obedience and surrender to God. It is not about manifesting your quote unquote best life now. Your best if your best life is now, then then your eternity must be terrible. Anybody hear that? My best life is ahead of me. Praise God. Listen, we preached through James almost a year ago. Let's remind ourselves what James said about faith in James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. It says, what good is it, my brothers and my sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I'll show you faith by my works. You believe that God is one good? Even the demons believe and they shudder. Senseless person. Are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works? In offering Isaac his son on the altar, you see that faith was active together with works, and by works faith was made complete. And, and scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works in receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. We talk a lot often when we preach through James, we talk about James, and we talk about faith. We look a lot at this part of Abraham where it says, Abraham, he, he demonstrated.
demonstrated faith by his works, by offering up Isaac. And, and, and sometimes we forget that Rahab is mentioned in this passage too. Rahab lived by faith and is a model of living by faith. And so we're going to get to Rahab this morning in our, in our sermon. But faith, as we see from James, faith is proven by works. Belief, if you're taking notes, belief is proven by obedience. Belief is proven by obedience. You may say you believe what God has said, but if you don't walk in obedience, I submit to you, you don't really believe what God has said. And then it's that belief that produces, is a substance, and that substance produces evidence. And so we're going to get back to Rahab in a bit, but we're going to jump right into the story of Jericho this morning and the walls falling because that's where the writer of Hebrews starts. All right? So there is, the first thing this morning is there's a victory through obedience. There is victory through obedience. This is a miracle. Last week we talked about, about a miracle. We talked about how God led the Hebrews out of slavery and how he got between, I love that, how he got between the Red Sea and the, the armies of Pharaoh that the Spirit of God moved and got between them and then God delivered them and, and, and all the Hebrews had to do was trust God. They just had to, they just had to, 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 to walk across dry ground. There was, there was no, there was, there was nothing but obedience required of them. They just had to sit back and watch the Red Sea part. It, it took some faith to walk, but I mean, my goodness. It was, it, was either, it was either walk or die, right? It was either walk or die. So, so it, it wasn't so much faith on their part as fleeing death. So they just had to walk across on dry ground. This morning, the miracle works a little bit differently than just, just, just walking. This required obedience, specific obedience. So we're going to look at this story, this grand miracle of deliverance in Joshua chapter 6, starting in verse 1. And we're going to read the story because this is, this, is, this is the church, this is the house of God where we read the word of God for the people of God, right? Anybody there? No, okay. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho its king and its best soldiers over to you. March around the city with all the men of war circling the city one time. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns trumpets in front of the ark, but on the seventh day march around the city seven times while the priests blow the ram's horns. While there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout. Then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance, each man straight ahead. So Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the priests and said to him, Take up the ark of the covenant 
Ark of the Covenant is the presence of God. It is the symbol of God's covenant with his people and that he meets his people there. Think of the Ark of the Covenant, have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the Ark of the Lord. He said as the troops move forward, march around the city and have the armed men go ahead of the Ark of the Lord. And after Joshua had spoken to the troops, seven priests carrying seven ram horns before the Lord moved forward and blew the ram's horns and the Ark of the Lord's covenant followed them while the ram's horns were blowing. The armed men went in front of the priests who blew the ram's horn and the rear guard went behind the Ark. But Joshua had commanded the troops, do not shout or let your voice be heard. Do not let one word come out of your mouth until the time I say shout, then you are to shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the city, circling at once. They returned to the camp and spent the night there. Now, just reading this, my mind, mind just, could you imagine all these people walking around the city of Jericho? And they've been instructed, commanded, if you want victory in this hour, you want victory over Jericho, you have to be silent. There cannot be one word. Can you imagine parents of little kids? a sermon there <laughs> right parents if you want to see victory in your kids keep control of your kids anybody say amen parents say amen so Joshua got up early the next morning priests took the ark of the Lord and the seven priests carrying seven ram's horns and marched in front of the ark of the Lord while the ram's horns were blowing. The armed men went in front of them and the rear guard went behind them and the ark of the Lord on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Six days. Mamas and daddies were saying. carrying their spatula <laughs> early on the seventh day they started at dawn and marched around the city seven times in the same way that was the only day they marched around the city seven times and after the seventh time the priests blew their ram's horns and joshua said to the troops shout and all the parents were like thank you god right shout for the lord has given you the city the city and everything in it are set apart for the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and everyone with her in her house will live because she hid the messengers we sent. But keep yourselves from the things set apart or you will be set apart for destruction. If you take any of those things, you will be set apart the camp of Israel for destruction and make trouble for it. For all the silver and gold and all the articles of bronze are dedicated to the Lord and must go into the Lord's treasury. Wow. If you continue to read and you see what happened to Achan at Ai because of Achan's sin, he didn't do what God said. He kept some of the treasure for himself. They lost the battle at Ai because of Achan's sin. 
the whole nation lost because of one man's sin? What's that? The whole nation lost because of one man's sin. And you don't think that we aren't accountable for one another? You don't think that our individual sin has a collective aspect to it? for the local church if everyone isn't walking obedience we are not going to fully experience all of the goodness and the blessing that God has for this body I'm meddling huh so the troops shouted and the ram's horn sounded when they heard the blast of the ram's horn the troops gave a great shout and the wall collapsed the troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. They completely destroyed everything in the city with the sword, every man and woman, both young and old, and every ox, sheep, and donkey. You know the story. It's a great story of deliverance. It's a great story of, 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 of miracle. They come to, to Jericho, right, seven days. They march around the city. The priests, the musicians, they're all they're all marching around the city. The seventh day they march around the city seven times on the seventh time Jericho says shout and they all shout and they all they all yell and they all they all praise Jehovah the God of Israel they're shouting and they're celebrating and they are trusting in God and the walls fall because of their obedience to the word of the Lord now, oftentimes, and don't, and don't misunderstand me because we're going to get here in a minute, but oftentimes we talk about this only in terms of the shout. If you just shout, the walls will come down. If you just shout, you just worship, the walls will come down. But your shouting and your worshiping means nothing if there's not obedience before the shout. We think we can do whatever we want to and then get to the wall and shout and it's going to fall. No, the wall is still going to stand there until you learn to walk in obedience to God. This was a specific obedience. God did not just knock the walls over as soon as the Israelites got there. He could have done that, but he did not do that. Instead, he laid out a plan. Here is the plan. And if the city was going to be conquered, the Hebrews had to follow the plan. Every one of them had to follow the plan. Sometimes, church, God requires something of us before he completes the work that he has said he would complete. He requires obedience of us. He requires perseverance from us. He requires faithfulness from us. He requires belief and faith from us. Faith without works is dead. There is no belief if there is no action. There is no belief if there is no obedience. The Israelites could have said, yeah, we believe God's going to do it. But the walls would have stayed up had they not walked 
act in obedience to what God set before them. God can do it. We believe you, God. We believe that you're going to knock down those walls. We believe it. And so we're just going to hang out in the camp until it happens. A lot of times, church, we are waiting on God to, to knock down the walls when he has already said, I got a work for you to do. Get up and do it so you can see the walls fall. Walk in obedience. What do you want God to do in your life? What do you need God to do in your life? What walls do you need God to break down in your life? I think we can, maybe we can all identify some areas in our lives that we need God to, 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 to break from us. Or some things in front of us that we need God to, 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 to move. Maybe there's sin or temptation or addiction or, or habits or bad thought life that, that we need God to, 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 to break out of us. Unforgiveness or bitterness. And we need God to break it out of us. God is able. Are you willing to walk in obedience to see those things happen? has given us his word and he has given us his spirit God could have knocked down the walls without their obedience but he wasn't going to God requires our obedience for us to walk in relationship and with him. See, even though they marched around the city, they're not the ones that knocked down the walls. And even if you even if you walk in obedience, you're not the one that's going to knock down your walls. God's going to knock down your walls, but he's going to wait for you. To live out because faith without works is what? Dead. There's no power, there's no life. See, it's still a miracle brought about by God because of the faith that you demonstrated in your obedience. So I don't know what God wants from me. Start with this book. There's a lot in that book. Start with love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Start there. And see God begin to work in you and begin to transform. And then you continue reading, and you know that there are things that, that, that the Word says that we should do and we shouldn't do. You can't walk in disobedience and expect to see walls fall. Amen? Scripture tells us that to obey is better than sacrifice. That wall, church, that you are waiting to be torn down in your life will not be destroyed until and unless you begin to live in obedience.
this thing that I'm dealing with. I've got this attitude I'm dealing with. I've got this issue with my kids, or I've got this issue with my family. I've got this issue at my workplace, or I've got this addiction that I can't break. I've got this thought pattern that I continue to struggle with. to submit all of those things to the authority of God. And I promise you, you will begin to see transformation. You cannot walk in rebellion and expect to see blessing. I'm not walking in rebellion. I, I love the Lord. tells us that rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. You, you can't expect to see God do the mighty thing God wants to do in you until we submit our hearts to surrender. There is a specific obedience. So, this miracle for Jericho, this miracle for these walls to fall down. How many, I think that probably most of us in this room would say, there are things in my life that I need God just to do. I need God to do. I can't do it. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't. I have tried to, to do it. I can't do it. There are things that I need to see God do in my life, in my family. In, listen, church. spirit to those that the Lord has placed over you in your spiritual journey. So this miracle required a specific obedience. This miracle required a, also a risk. The Hebrews were human targets for a week. You thought about that? I'm sure you have. They were human targets for a week, walking around the city. All of Jericho saw them, saw them march, saw them go around the city. I'm sure that they began to set up their, their armaments and they began to set up their, their battalions and they began to prepare for battle and prepare for war. There was a specific risk because the Lord said, when you go, you're just going to march around the city and you're not going to say anything and you're just going to march. And all of Jericho is going to see you marching. There is a public witness to your obedience. When you are walking in obedience to God, people will see it. They will know. They will recognize that you are not living according to your own plans or your own desires, but you are living in accordance to obedience to God's word and his plan. There is a public witness to your obedience. Some folks won't understand it. Some folks will ridicule it. Some folks will tell you you're being dumb, you're being stupid, you, should not, you shouldn't walk that way or live that way or, or put up with that or do that. But you are going to be faithful to walking around. 
city, even though it's going to cost you something, you are facing risk, you are facing ridicule, you are being a public witness to obedience, and there is a risk to that, but God will be honored when you are willing to risk something for your faith. faced are not like the risks faced for Christians around the world. But I will say this, if you are not facing challenges to your obedience, you are probably not walking by faith. say that again. If you are not facing challenges to be obedient, you are probably not walking by faith. Because true surrender and true obedience costs us something. If it didn't, it would not be called a cross. We are called to take up our cross and follow Jesus. There is an inherent risk to cross-carrying. What is the risk? Crucifixion. There is an inherent risk to carrying your cross. It's not comfortable. It's hard. It is visible. People see it. And there is likely death ahead. If you are not facing challenges to walking in obedience, you're probably not walking by faith. What does that mean? It means when you begin to live right, the enemy's going to fight you. When you begin to make up your mind in your home that you're going to do some certain things, your kids aren't going to like it for a while. to live holy in your dating relationships your dating partner might not really want to go along with that are y'all following me you tracking with me there will be obstacles to obedience a risk but it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it to see the walls fall now we also we're going to talk about this too for a second the miracle required worship it required worship it required obedience but it required worship and risk and obedience before reward it required worship, obedience, risk before reward. We, 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 don't, we don't like that. It's easy to fall in love with Jesus after the miracle, right? 
It's easy to fall in love with Jesus after the miracle. It's easy to believe after you've seen it happen. But Jesus said, blessed or favored of God are those who believe but yet have not seen. That is faith. That is substance, evidence, faith. Because you believe so much, because you trust so much, because you love so much, you can worship, you can be obedient, you can risk it before the walls even fall. And you won't see the walls fall unless you do it first. Knowing that God has a plan, it, it, it may be hard for a while following God's plan, walking in obedience. It, it may be hard for a while. You may never get what you wanted in this life. But here's what I know is that there is a promised land ahead. And that there is a reward ahead for those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. But unless you are willing to do the obedience, to do the worship, to take the risk first, you're not going to see the walls fall. So there was victory through obedience. I get it, it's hard. to we want to say we want this is what we want to do we want to pray lord in the name of jesus i need these walls to fall in the name of jesus knock these walls down maybe we'll pray in the spirit and we'll bomb the devil and we'll ask god to knock these walls down to break us free from these bondages and these things that we're dealing with and then we will end our prayer and we will walk and live and go about the same life we led before we prayed. Wall-crashing victory requires something. doesn't mean that God's not the one that do it, but God works the transformation as we walk in obedience. God works every step is a step closer to the wall falling down. I need God to move in, in my finances. Are you being faithful with your finances? I need God to deliver me from this, this, this addiction. Are you putting that addiction in front of your face still? Right. I need God to change my attitude. Well, are you still talking and hanging out and, and, and doing the same things you were doing before? Begin to walk in surrender and obedience, and every step is a step closer to the walls falling down. Amen? So this was a rescue or a victory through obedience. It was also a rescue 
through obedience. Maybe this morning you don't need what some, what you would say, some wall to fall down. You don't need what some would consider this grand miracle of deliverance from things and walls breaking. What you need is, you need to be, you need a rescue from a life that you've been enslaved to. You don't feel like you need to take a land. You feel like you need to be brought out of a land. That was Rahab. And if that's how you feel, you're the Rahab in this story. You've been living in enemy territory and you want out. Joshua chapter 6 verse 20 and 23 says this, So the troops shouted and the ram's horns sounded. And when they heard the blast of the ram's horns, the troops gave a great shout and the wall collapsed. The troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. They completely destroyed everything in the city with the sword, every man and woman, both young and old, and every ox, sheep, and, and ox, and donkey. And Joshua said to the two men who had scouted the land, go to the prostitute's house and bring the woman out of there and all who are with her, just as you swore to her. So the young men who had, had scouted went in and brought out Rahab and her father, mother, brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her whole family and settled them outside the camp of Israel. Hebrews 11:31. It said, "By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab was welcomed because she rescued the spies. She welcomed the move of God into her land. Are you living in a posture of of welcoming God into your life?" Are you living in a posture of, of welcoming God and, and embracing God and, and welcoming the things of the Spirit and the Word of God? Are you living in a posture of welcoming the things of God into your life? This was a prostitute. This was a woman who was used by men. She gave away herself to men. She was abused. She wasn't loved. She wasn't cared for. She was hopeless. She was empty. She was lost. This was Rahab. So when these spies knocked on her door, why not let these spies in? Why not believe what they said? Why not hope that their God, the great I am, would save her? Why not, why not hope and why not believe? Why not hang this scarlet rope from a window? James chapter 2 said, In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works in receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. We go back, we see that Rahab had heard about the works of God. She had heard 
about the God of the Hebrews through their wilderness wanderings had heard of these great battles and these great miracles and these great things that God had done. And she believed that the God of the Hebrews was better than the God of her people and the land of her ancestors. And she was willing to say, okay, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to do it. I don't want to be in this land. I don't want to be, I don't want to give myself away anymore. I don't want to be abused anymore. I don't want to be hurt anymore. I want something better. And I believe that the God of the Hebrews is better than the gods of, of Jericho. I believe the God of the Hebrews is better. I believe the land that God has is better than the land that I'm living. And I'm just going to follow and believe and welcome in the spies. Are you living in a posture that welcomes in what God wants to do? Are you tired of what you've been dealing with? And are you tired enough to follow what God's commanded to bring you out? See, if you're needing walls to fall down, you're the people of Israel marching. If you need to be rescued and brought out of a land, you're Rahab. But there was also these two spies who went in and got her. Maybe that's who you are in the story. Maybe God wants to use you like he used those two spies to tell those around you, there's a better way. God has greater things. God has bigger promises. God has a land for us, and God is willing to rescue you and bring you out. Maybe you are the spies, and God wants to use you to speak hope to those around you and to go into the foreign land and bring those out who need rescue. How many of you know some folks that not literally are living in a foreign land, but quite literally are living in a foreign land because they're living away from God. Perhaps God wants to use you like those two spies. Look for folks. Be on the lookout for folks who are broken. obedience too did you catch that did you see that there was a there was a, a rescue through obedience there was a crimson cord of obedience the the the, the, the two spies that said okay if you want to be rescued and you want your family to be rescued if you if you'll hang out this crimson cord this 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 scarlet thread if you'll drop it out of your window when 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 we come and when when the walls fall if you hang that out of your window, you will be rescued. But you have to lower the cord. You have to lower the red 
She did what the spies said. You read the story, we read the story. She did what the spies said. She lowered the crimson cord and she was saved. She was rescued. The God of the Hebrews was for her. The God of the Hebrews would be her God. And through her lineage would come the Messiah of the Hebrews. Christ Jesus would be born through Rahab's line. Rahab the prostitute because she believed that there was a better land and a better God through her line came Savior. Her red robe was lowered down and it led to the red blood of Jesus being poured out for us. Her red robe being lowered down led to Christ being brought low to rescue us. Scripture says that though our sins be like scarlet or crimson or red, they shall be white as snow. Scripture tells us of a sacrifice. Scripture tells us of the blood of Jesus flowing down. Here's the thing. The deal is when you don't have anywhere else to turn, why not trust the blood of Jesus to rescue you? Often that's our problem. We, want it, we will exhaust everything else. And we will try everything else. And even after all that, Jesus is still standing there saying, come out, come out, let me rescue you. She obeyed. She lowered the rope. And God's blood saved her. chapter 2 we see of another obedience as we draw our attention to this closing moments this morning Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11 says this adopt the same attitude Everybody say attitude. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Is that possible? Is that possible? If it's not, then Paul really was not very nice to us. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existed, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming, what's the word there? Obedient. Yeah, is it there? I thought it was. By becoming obedient. 
to the point of death, even to death on a cross for this reason, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let this attitude be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. It's an attitude of humility. This is really, this is, this is, I'm going to write this down. The attitude was an attitude of humility. That humility led to obedience. Because when you are humble, you recognize you don't have all the answers and you need the one who does, so you're obedient to the one who has the answers. That obedience, it can cost something, but ultimately that obedience will lead to glorification. We too will receive glorified bodies. We too will be glorified. And we won't have every knee bowing to us. we will live in the land of glory and we will experience the bounty of this kingdom of Jesus. An attitude of humility leads to obedience which ultimately will lead to glory. There is no shortcut there's no shortcut. There is no shortcut to glory that gets to bypass obedience and humility. Jesus. That's why Paul says, let this attitude be in you. If you want to experience glory, you've got to let the attitude of Christ works is dead. Faith is substance, evidence. Faith is believed lived out. When we obey, we will experience all the goodness God has for us. Walls will fall, rescue will happen, you will be given opportunity to be a rescuer.
this house this morning, I believe that there will be walls to crumble. I believe there are walls crumbling because we are going to make up our minds to be obedient. We're going to follow. We're going to surrender. We're going to let the attitude of Christ become our attitude. Thank you. 